0: Hello, and welcome to the Ecom Ops Podcast. We believe that there is more than enough content focused on e-commerce marketing, and not enough content celebrating the real heroes of e-commerce, those running the operation. Each week, we find and interview an e-commerce operations expert to share the secrets behind how some of this industry's most exciting businesses are run. And now, your host, Norbert Strapler, the CEO of Sync Spider. <laughs>
1: How's it going? Hello and welcome to the EcomOps Podcast. My name is Norbert and today I'm talking to Jesse Hobbits Hi, how are you Jesse? Great, how are you doing today Norbert? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you, as usual. Um, <laughs> um, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, how uh, have you been started into e-commerce?
0: Sure. Um- I was on the investment side before this. I was at a fund called Bridgewater, then on the investment team for Columbia University's endowment, where I did undergrad. One oh, of my cool. friends from Bridgewater ended up at Harry's uh, shave subscription site. And he's how I got into e-commerce. So he was looking at contact lenses as a subscription category in late 2015. We started poking around on it together early 2016. It was a good time to be out looking to start a box subscription business on Facebook was what the world wanted. So we raised money in May, 2016, launched in October and uh, been live for
1: three and a half years, a little bit more. Wow. That's great. Uh, And, and uh, I've seen that you wrote a book selling naked. I did. I
0: wrote a book called selling naked with penguin random house. Um, Pretty much everything you need to know about, building your own direct, you know, direct brand Shopify business. So uh, fundraising, testing ideas, finding suppliers, marketing sort of soups to nuts, how to get something stood up on your own financing. I didn't say that already. That's Um, great. All the different pieces.
1: And and where can I get this book?
0: Uh, You can get it on amazon.com, little known independent online bookstore. Okay,
1: perfect. Um, what, is, what is your current e-commerce tech stack? What do you use? So Shopify, okay, but what's the rest?
0: Super boring. Shopify, Stripe, Recharge for the subscription plugin. Obviously, a lot of Facebook and Instagram on the ad side. Heroku from uh, Salesforce on, in, as, as our um, servers. Um, that's Twilio, Zendesk. Pretty much exactly what you would expect.
1: Yeah. And uh, do you do you all sell uh, on, um, on any platforms or is it just the store?
0: We On Hubble, we, we've tested a little bit Amazon in Germany, but yep. pretty much it's just the store. We're, we're involved in some other e-commerce businesses. None of them have gone to Amazon. I think everybody's pretty much just selling through their own stores right now.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and how do you get uh, your traffic and your sales? So um, how do you get the people on your store? Sure, Facebook and Instagram's definitely
0: yeah. our biggest yeah. channel. Um, you know, paid social, Google, being, um, some affiliate, some TV. We've tested pretty much every channel, though. We've done podcasts, radio, Pinterest, Twitter, Snap. Um, we haven't tested TikTok. We haven't done out of home. So uh, we, 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 we've we shoved dollars everywhere, and it's just hard to beat Facebook and Instagram.
1: Yeah, that works best for you, right yeah uh, i think so and most most people have uh, great success when it comes to p2c on facebook and instagram this really works very very well and if it are specific niches you see this and there another channel but um, this is uh, if, if if you want to win new customers that haven't seen about you this i think is is really a, a good chance um, yeah
0: we say when folks are starting businesses you- no, no sense at the start putting energy into anything other than Facebook and Instagram, because it's hard to think of that many businesses that work that don't have Facebook and Instagram as a meaningful part of their media mix. Um, certainly, oh, sorry, go for it.
1: What, what a role does uh, Google Shopping and Google Ads play for your company?
0: We're, we're just testing into Google Shopping now. Uh, non-branded search is meaningful for the business. Um, Google shopping, I'm also involved in a stroller business called Mockingbird and a swim business called Andy. Google shopping dominates the Google spend, I think on those, but it's a bit smaller for us and and some, you know, something we're excited to hopefully scale up.
1: Mm -hmm. And, uh, do you have any specific person in your team that is focusing on operations?
0: Sure. Our team's around 25 or so. Uh, we have a... We have a head of supply chain, and then and, one, and uh, named Emily, and um, and a person uh, named Courtney reporting up to her. And then, depending on how broadly you define ops, we have a four-person finance team, um, and, and then and then sort of probably a dozen folks. I'm sorry, that's just my dog in the background. Um, about a dozen folks, um, sort of different operational support roles. Mm-hmm.
1: It's great he or she Mildred Mildred she. she very nice Mildred you're facing the wrong way <laughs> yeah take a look here <laughs> Yeah, little girl oh yeah
0: she's guarding me from the door the dog next door might bark and uh that would be
1: terrible and she has to okay protect. yeah she's right <laughs> yeah. good job lady good job <laughs> good um what, what do you do that uh, to ensure your customer, the that, that customers that they always have a constant uh, awesome experience? What do you do for them?
0: Um, I mean, we're a fairly high volume customer service business because it's, it's a complicated category and we're subscription. Um, and, you know, and, and so it's building sort of a scalable organization has been really important to us so that we have fast response times. I, I'd, I'd say that... You know, it varies category by category. If you're moving thousand um, dollar items like like a mattress or something, by focus on being super high touch per ticket, but ticket volume per um, you know ticket ticket volumes lower. We're we're, we're we're relatively high ticket volume, and so we're very focused on making sure that we're getting fast, accurate information to people um, to help them
1: out. Yeah. And and did you face any significant downtime or disruption of the service recently?
0: Um, We have, we, we have a lot of, we have a lot of, uh, we have, we have some, some central customer experience folks, but a, a lot remote and a lot of freelancers. And we've had in general, it's been pretty good. We've had some stretches with, um, sort of COVID interruptions or internet interruptions during this period, and a l- little bit higher than normal. But but the agents have pushed through really hard to help you know to generally stay on top of volume.
1: Yeah, I think you have a very stable product. So did you see any um, increase in in, in uh, sales during Corona um, or?
0: Um, it's been you know it's generally been a good acquisition environment. I think that's generally true across e-commerce players I think one of the things that's like a, a bit tough to tell i'm sure you've seen it that chart going around of that sort of hockey stick thing is yeah. i'm still not sure how much certainly e-commerce is up and, so, and and we've seen that across the different businesses we're involved in how much how much of that chart is um, for folks who haven't seen it it's just E-commerce sales taking twenty years to go from zero to sixteen percent, and then going to twenty-nine percent of retail or something in, in a month. Um, how much of that is that e-commerce is up a ton, and how much of that is that the denominator, which is total retail, is just down a lot? Because you could tell me that e-commerce is up, I, I you know 20 percent, and I and I would believe that as, as sort of kind you know sort of industry wide outperformance. Um, or you could tell me it's up. You know, forty or fifty percent, and i probably believe that too. And I haven't seen as much data uh, along those lines.
1: Yeah. Well, we we are um, seeing somewhere between twenty to thirty percent. Um, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. And that's 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 interesting. Well, I, the, the question is, if people uh, um, stay stay in e-commerce more, uh, are now seeing that it's uh, also for them who did not so much shopping, or if it was just uh, during Corona because the stores have been closed and they couldn't go elsewhere. So it would be yeah. interesting to see if it stabilizes, uh, somewhere in, 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 some kind of growth.
0: For sure. And you see something like Wayfair, which was down 80% and is now it's fallen off a little bit, but was at all time highs again. Um, you, you see sort of these things that go crazy and I think it will be very interesting category by category, which experiences consumers are less keen on, um, You know, as as not post-corona, but during whatever this, what feels like this long stretch where things things aren't, you know, normal again. Uh, And I think it'll be particularly interesting in in some of the consumer health categories because you probably have folks, uh, you think about what feels like riskier interactions, Um, going into a retail store feels riskier right now. But certainly anything where you're having person-to-person contact, which happens in a lot of this sort of consumer health settings, um, is is there more telling that it's an uptick because of that? I I don't know. We'll see.
1: Yeah. And uh, um, what role does automation play um, for your company?
0: Um, You know... it, it's always tough to say, right? Because what counts is what counts as, what counts is automation. I, I'd say, um, in general, we're we are we are we never that keen to automate something right away, because we want to see that it's a that it's a high volume process that we're going to have on a repeat, ongoing basis for a while, and because you know we're generally skeptical. It's, automation isn't easy. Um, you know, and and get, getting a task well automated takes a while, yeah. and yeah. It, and and so it's both. Um, I, I think oftentimes people get overexcited about the the delta in savings and quality, and all the rest of automation versus um, you know sort of lower cost uh, you, you know human labor, and um, so so I think there's there's that piece of it, and then I think the the other piece of it is even if you do want to automate something, you have to understand it really well first. And so having the feedback from humans doing the tasks um, so you understand exactly all the edge cases, nooks and crannies to automate, um, generally, you know, seems helpful.
1: Um, how, how do you, for instance, um, do the shipping? Is it do, do you do this yourself? Do you have a warehouse?
0: We work with two 3PLs, one in Indiana, one yeah. in the Netherlands. Um, I, I honestly, I don't think... I'm sure both of them are investing in automation over time. I, both of them are very competitive on price, and I and I don't think either of them is, um, you know, super automated relative to what you'd see in like an Amazon warehouse or, or something like that.
1: And, and do you do you send the orders via API or do they copy yes. paste from the email? Yeah, via API. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: We're we're doing you know we're processing thousands of orders a day. yeah. So uh, the, the that's, that's why it's tough. It's tough to say, like you know, what part of what what part of the of the of the flow and the funnel are we talking about automation? Um, because, you know, because because people, you know, you, you know, is it back end automation? Is it chatbots and things like that on the front yeah. end, um, where we haven't done as much? We've done a yeah. little bit.
1: Yeah. And how about your um, accounting? Is it done through Shopify? Do you use the Shopify onboard uh, to to onboarding uh, things to 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 send invoices and time kind of software. Do you have any external software that is somehow? No, I,
0: I should know this. I think we, I don't, I, we were using QuickBooks. I think we're using something QuickBooks, else. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's one We we, we are venture backed and, and, and I think one of the, um, you know, one of the things that comes along with, with, with taking venture money is, uh, you know, is, is sort of venture level financial reporting, um, you know, and so that's, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's something you know that's
1: exactly what up. you're talking about i
0: know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah that's something with this as an obligation for the organization yeah,
1: yeah absolutely um okay what will you focus on next 12 months what's your goals oh boy um it, it's yeah. really it's
0: really tough to say right now because it just looks like a different business than it did three months ago and yeah. it, you know so i'd say like we're definitely managing more day-to-day than than we were previously, just because it's it's a more dynamic backdrop. Um it, you know, and we're, and we're trying to understand um, you know, where where are CPMs going to be channel by channel, or whatever, we have no ability to predict where CPMs are channel by channel today and what we should be bidding. Um where is where you know, especially for subscription business, where where is where is retention going to be? Which is very confusing right now because you have. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know whether it's, it's, you know, more savings because less consumer spending or it's the unemployment checks or, or, or what's going on, but it's generally been, you know, a, a relatively or, or just different consumer behavior and requiring different people because of, you know, because of, you know, of the backdrop, but it, it, it's generally been a, a good retention um, environment. And, and so that's, that's very confusing. Um, you could see that getting worse if stimulus rolls off. So, so there's all, you know, there's just so much um, uh, uncertainty right now about kind of what the next 12 months brings. Um, certainly in more interesting ways than the contact lens world. But, uh,
1: I, uh, again, last question. Um, who has taught you the most about e-commerce in your career?
0: Sure. I I, I always, I'm, I'm always super curious. And we certainly did not do this. We've, you know, we've raised like 75 million or so people who built really great direct brands, um, not bootstrap, but, you know, but with much lower levels of financing. So whether that's like Moise Alley over at um, native deodorant or Dave Heath uh, it, over at, over at Bombas. Um, like, you know, what, what, what creates capital efficiency in the space and, and sort of um, w- when we started the business, there was kind of one set of role models and it was the Dollar Shave Clubs and Harry's of the world who were incinerating money. Sure. And I in a very positive way, um, hopefully, certainly for me, but hopefully generally for the space, um, you know, who people are really looking to learn from aren't, you know, aren't sort of venture gluttons and are, uh, you know, people who manage their capital efficiently as they're scaling their business.
1: Very interesting. Really, really, really interesting. Thank you so much uh, for your time. It was really great. Um, I, I learned much again today. <laughs> so uh, you really scale. Uh, you play with big numbers. This is very, very interesting. Um, I would check out your book. Selling uh, Naked. Yeah, and hopefully a lot of the <laughs> listeners will do as well. So Selling Naked on Amazon. Um, from Jesse Horwitz. So get it and read it. Thank you very much. And Thank you. good luck. Have a great one. And that's it for this episode of the
0: Ecom Ops podcast. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e-commerce operations experts, please search for Ecom Ops podcast in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate and review. Until next time.